Welcome to Iridescence, a movie review podcast hosted by two current excellent undergrads who share a passion for storytelling. I'm Raylene. And I'm Jeremy. And on this episode, we'll be discussing Raya and the Last Dragon. Some topics we discuss are the good and bad aspects of the film, the lack of diversity in the production crew and cast, and Raya's implications for the Asian and Southeast Asian community. Let's get into it. Long ago, in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Druun threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Druun for good. So now that you guys know a brief synopsis of the film, on to our general thoughts. Overall, I thought it was a fun movie. Honestly, I thought there were still, like compared to other Disney movies, I felt like there were like a ton of plot holes and I I had trouble tracking the story like throughout the whole thing. And I was like, I feel like little kids would as well, which and I, I know that's like a huge part of the Disney Pixar, no, Disney audience because it's just Disney, right? Um, but I thought it was really a good opportunity for kids to see a different type of Disney princess in a movie in a big Disney movie and I know how much it'll mean for like you know brown kids and southeast asian kids to see this kind of representation because I know growing up I always was grasping at straws to find someone who looked like me on screen and who wasn't portrayed with like mad stereotypes so overall I thought it was a fun movie it wasn't my favorite honestly I feel like it's kind of I don't want to say forgettable but in if you look at like all the Disney and like Pixar movies, I feel like it's not one that really stands out for me in terms of quality, but it is a huge landmark for the Asian and Southeast Asian community, I think. I would say it's forgettable, but like some movies are still enjoyable if they are, even if they are forgettable. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender in terms of exploring the themes of balance and all of these nations that are divided and need to be united by this one protagonist who needs to accomplish this singular goal. I guess that's a common trope in Asian storytelling, that exploration of yin and yang and black and white. So it's not like Avatar was the first story to ever explore those themes. Besides that, I thought the animation was the best part of the film even though it doesn't look necessarily like a pixar film the advancements and technology for the animation department at disney rivals pixar's animation aesthetic overall i thought the film had a lot of story but not necessarily a lot of characterization a lot of the characters were just there to service the plot rather than being very nuanced I did like some of the characters, particularly the con baby, just because that's a version of expectation when you first meet her. Moving on to the cinematography, what did you think of that? Like you mentioned, I think this was probably my favorite part of the film as well. I thought it was just beautiful, stunning. And like, I think the world building was really good. Like, it was just very they took a lot of aspects of like Asian general Asian culture, which, you know, we'll talk about how they dealt with Asian culture later, but they took a lot of like aspects and elements, design elements from a lot of different cultures and used it in the film, which I thought was really cool. And 
the different tribes and the different worlds were just really like distinct and different from each other and the colors were amazing and it was just super beautiful like super aesthetically pleasing and just really nice to watch which yeah like Jeremy said it was like on Pixar's level so yeah I don't know if you have anything to add yeah I feel like when it comes to Disney movies even if the story is trash the animation will always be breathtaking because they're always on the forefront of any technology and advancements in that field but moving on i think we could start talking about the creatives that helmed this project specifically the directors yeah so the directors actually one of them is a longtime director from disney i did not do much research on him because he was a white man and i wasn't really interested in learning about him it seems like he's just been at disney for quite a long time and was just the director on this project just because you know, white men hold that power in companies and they always do a lot of, I don't know what the word is, but there's always a lot of internal hiring and, you know, internal, like people just have that power and that's just how the entertainment industry works. But besides that, they were able to hire a Mexican-American director. His name's Carlos Lopez Estrada, who's known for Train Spotting, I believe it's called, which starred like David Diggs. And it was like a critically acclaimed film that I haven't seen so good okay i guess i have to see it then but apparently that caught disney's eye which i thought was really interesting i feel like they have a really good eye for catching directors like they just you know got um chloe zhao for the new marvel movies and i think it's cool that they're trying to bring more people from outside rather than promoting their internals because obviously they're all just old white men which you know um so that's i think that's really cool um, I got this quote from an article I was reading and it said Lopez Estrada's jump from a live action critically claimed independent film to a big budget animated tentpole is a kind of career path that is common for white male directors who come from financial privilege, but is much less likely for filmmakers who fall outside of that very specific demographic. So I thought that was just something cool to mention about the director. Besides that, two of the writers were Adele Lim and Queen Yu Yen, who actually Adele Lim was the co-screenwriter for Crazy Rich Asians, which I'm sure is what, you know, kind of landed her this role because that was just a huge movie and big step forward for the Asian American community. And then Ki Nguyen, I thought this was a really interesting background he had because he's known for writing plays and he's the creative director for Vampire Cowboys Theater Company in New York City, which has a focus on dark comedy and stage combat. And they've done a lot of sold out shows that him, he has personally that are uh, focus on Asian culture and like telling Asian stories and I thought it was quite interesting that they hired him because it seems like he wouldn't be too well known but I think it's really awesome that they were able to hire this kind of person who normally I feel like wouldn't have the chance to write a big budget like Disney animated film and both of them are Southeast Asian which I thought was really cool but besides that there's a this movie was called out for having a large lack of Southeast representation among the casting crew. Kelly Marie Tran, who voices Raya, like among some of the few Southeast Asian actors and actresses. We'll address that later. But for now, we can move on to characters. Jeremy, if you want to start. Before we jump into the main characters, some of the side characters were first off Tuk Tuk, which was an armadillo that was Raya's pet. And even though Tuk-Tuk couldn't speak. I feel like he stole every scene with how cute he was, even when he was a lot older. Kind of like, my gosh, what what's the name of, of Aang's pet that flies? Momo. No, not Momo. It's Momo. 
Really? Uh, oh, Appa, Appa, Appa. Appa, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, Appa vibes. Yeah, Appa vibes. I feel like they just ripped off Avatar anyways. <laughs> <laughs> But, and then Boone honestly gave me the vibes of the dude in Avatar who, who can't waterbend, but he's like sassy. Sokka. <laughs> he's literally like Sokka. And then Tong reminded me of the, the, the grandpa in the Fire Nation. What's his name? Iro. Sure, <laughs> Literally butchering a classic. And Jeremy doesn't know anything about Avatar. The Khan babies. Is there any parallel to Avatar? Maybe that's the one where there isn't one necessarily. I guess the evil Fire Nation sister person's friend who could like be in the in the carnival, kind of. Oh, frick, I know her name. Ty- Tylee, Tylee, Tylee. Yeah, kind yeah. of the kind of those vibes in that like you have a certain perception of her uh, at the start, but once you realize like what they're capable of, you're like, dang. And then yeah, Chief Benja is literally like Sokka's dad in terms of like a uh, parental figure that provides mentorship. So basically, all the side characters are. A ripoff of Avatar, but then again, Avatar is just a ripoff of Asian culture, and creativity is unoriginal. So every character you ever think of is based off something that already exists. <laughs> Moving on to the main characters. <laughs> yeah, I can discuss more about Raya, Namari, and Sisu. Raya, I will also talk more about the actors because I think it's important to mention their roles in this. I think Raya was a really cool character. Just because uh, Kelly Marie Tran said it best, I don't want to generalize about what Disney princess movies are, but there is a very specific type of woman that has stereotypically been conveyed within that world. So when I saw Raya get angry, it felt so empowering. Like it's just giving a woman to permission to feel what she's feeling. And then this article also mentioned that most Disney princesses, when Tran were growing up, were white and demure, all were thin and straight. So I think I definitely saw that. I, I I got really emotional watching the movie because I know I know if I was growing up and I was seeing this film, Raya would have been like my like everything. She would have been my inspiration for everything because when I was growing up, Mulan was my inspiration for everything, even though we do not look alike that alike. So she definitely gave me Mulan vibes in this in the fact that she wasn't a traditional Disney princess. You know, she didn't have a love interest, no romantic interest, no very independent, hardworking. She had a lot of, you know, she's very strong-willed and had a big commitment to like her family and her father. So I thought she was just a really cool character for not having a romantic interest. And I think that's just very common in Disney princess movies. And she was like a badass, you know, she was a baddie. She was really good at fighting and stuff. And it's really cool because she, well, I'm Filipino. So she used like one of the Filipino styles of fighting called Arnis when she had her two sticks out. So it was really cool to see her just like use that too and uh, to feel represented in that way. So yeah, also Kelly Marie Tran had a really interesting story because she was actually the last actress to be casted in the entire movie because they cast, Disney casted Cassie Steele. I had no idea who that was before, but she's a half British, half Filipina actress, but they like dropped her, I guess, and replaced her with Kelly Marie Tran because they realized they Raya needed a different actress like the I guess the character was just going in a different direction so Kelly Marie Tran actually got rejected 
for Raya, but then they called her back like a few months later and they're like, just kidding, we're casting you. So she said that she felt Raya in a way that she felt like she had to really trust someone that had kind of like betrayed her before, which is like a big theme in the movie, like trusting people and having faith in people. So I thought that was another really interesting part of like Kelly and Ray Chan's journey. Building off on that, I also heard about that recasting and it was because initially the writers had Raya as someone who is very stoic and introverted. But as Mm. they started refining the script, they made her become a lot more badass and expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And after retooling the character, they thought that Kelly Marie Tran's portrayal of the character more aligned with their vision. Oh, that's cool to hear. Yeah, I really, I I realized Kelly Marie Tran talks a lot in her interviews about anger in Raya. And she's like, this is the first Disney princess we see who's like actually really angry. And I thought that was really true. Like when you think about it, most Disney princesses are just like sad. They just get sad. But Raya is really fueled by like rage and anger, which is something we rarely see. So I thought it just added a really interesting elements to the film that I haven't seen before in a Disney princess or a princess film. And I guess to bounce off of that, you can move on to Namari. Uh, Namari was voiced by Gemma Chan, who, you know, I'm a Gemma Chan stan ever since Crazy Rich Asians. She's just such a cool person. I, I, I put this Collider interview question in because I thought it was just really silly, but Basically, this like interviewer was like Sandra, Sandra Oh, because who voices Gemma Chan's character's mom in the film. They're like, Sandra and Gemma, what aspects of your role do you really want audiences to take away, especially when it comes to Southeast Asian cultures? And I thought it was just silly for them to ask because they're not Southeast Asian. So I was just kind of laughing at that. And both of them kind of like deflected the question. They were like, oh, we can't really speak on that. A lot of people were just really mad that there was not more Southeast Asian representation in the movie. We'll talk more about that later. But I like Namari's character because you can really see that her and Raya are like two sides of the same coin. You know, they, they it's like that trope of like friends turned enemies, you know? So I, I think it was just a really interesting character in it. Gemma Chan talked about in an interview how just like it wasn't black and white. Well, everyone is just kind of trying to do the best for their own tribe and look out for their own tribe. And that's kind of why the conflict starts in the first place. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because like at one point, Raya is like the bad guy. She kills the last dragon because she can't trust Namari. So you can see how they both are basically like foils, reflections of each other. So that's that's why I liked that character. I thought it was really cool contrast between them. But at the same time, they're just so similar. So. And then Sisu, I don't really know if I have much to say about Sisu. I just thought she was trying to be Genie, but she was No one can pull off Genie. Like people apparently were making that comparison. Don't see why, because she cannot hold a candle to Genie. But I understand why she was there, like, you know, comedic relief or whatnot. I feel like Sisu could have been way better if she couldn't speak at all. I felt like, right? like, like you've seen it in literally another dragon movie like how to train your dragon you could have that animal not speak and it becomes like so emotionally provocative (laughs) also i feel like raya is literally just like katara maybe a little zuko in her that's very true that is very true actually she's very katara and then namari is literally like azula so like this show's a ripoff moving on to the next section our favorite scene for sure i think my favorite scenes were i liked all the scenes with raya and her dad i thought they were cool they had a cool dynamic and i'm just a sucker for like family like themes of family and like just 
seeing like the familial connection between Raya and her dad and her family. I don't know, just relatable, you know, hashtag relatable. And the way she was like, oh, in the ending scene, of course, when she's like reunited with her dad, even though he's he's still on that bridge after however long. <laughs> I really I got really emotional. I started crying because I was like, you know, I just I just felt and the way she was able to like accomplish the goal he'd want he'd like dreamed of for years and like he was able to like wake up to that I don't know I just got emotional even though it was like super cheesy and like whatever but yes Jeremy favorite scenes when we got to see baby Tuk Tuk in in Raya's hands that was so adorable which is the still that we have on our Instagram page if you guys want to check it out and also the scene with little Noi, the baby con girl, when they're doing the heist and Raya's chasing them through the village and you get to see all this cool animation and shot selection. Even though it was like completely tangential to the plot, I feel like in isolation, that scene could have been like a really cute short film or something like that. That's true. Animation wise, it was basically every scene was really beautiful. I think story-wise, it was pretty predictable and I could see what they're going for, but never emotionally resonated with me. I was never close to crying and I do cry in films. We'll get this. I'll, I'll talk about this later on with my rating, but there are a lot of plot holes that I do like the word Kumantra though. That's a cool word. So whoever thought it of that, is. whoever thought of that, good job. <laughs> but yeah, moving on to our target audience. I, I kind of know what you're going to say, but what do you think is the target audience? I think, well, Disney also just makes films for like everyone. I feel like just like actually like makes films for just a wide audience because they're a huge media conglomerate and they want more money. But yeah, I think, you know, Disney is just a money machine. They just want money. So, you know, this is a movie that was trying to like cater to everybody and that's also probably why they like chose to like just mishmash a bunch of Asian cultures together. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but yeah, I don't know, Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Disney appeals to young audiences for sure, but this movie in particular maybe has a sub audience of the API community, specifically uh, the Southeast Asian community, because this is like the first film that makes an effort to represent them. I feel like some of the plot points with the Droon could be very scary for young children though. So I would recommend co-viewing if you're watching it with your child that's like under five years old, they might have nightmares or have questions during the film. So it's important to be there with them. But yeah, I think the message of the film is something that everyone can learn from and resonate with, which we will cover in our theme. Gemma Chan said something that I really liked in an interview. She said, this is just a clip of it, so it might not make sense out of context. It shows how we're young as children. We don't inherently hate each other. It's something that's learned. It's something that comes through, whether it's from a parental or family influence or from your particular tribe, those things are learned. And she said, that's something they take from the movie and they can be learned, but they can be unlearned as well. I thought that was quite an interesting quote. That's definitely what I thought about with this movie. I thought a lot about pan-ethnic and pan-racial solidarity, getting over the 
I know it probably wasn't this deep to Disney, but I kind of like with how everything's been going this past year, I was just thinking a lot about like solidarity between like the BIPOC community and different communities of people who are marginalized in the United States and how if we all come together, you know, everything could be, we could be very powerful. So that's, and as someone who's like part of a coalition of 20 plus Asian organizations at UCLA, I can see how powerful the communities can be when they come together and overcome differences to just Kumandra, you know, it was quite a cheesy theme. And like Jeremy said, I, now that you're explaining it more, I definitely think it does seem like a ripoff of Avatar. It's just done not as well because obviously the movie limited time but if you I feel like if you watch avatar you get that characterization and you get that like that really good character development you feel more attached and the themes are just the same but you know if you want to just watch a two-hour film you can watch this too and it's but yeah anyways theme <laughs> jeremy i'm ranting <laughs> yeah if you wanted to watch a two-hour version of lost airbender basically just watch this but, but less good <laughs> Yeah, but uh, if there is one word to describe the theme, it would be trust. That's basically bashed overhead <laughs> throughout this film. The importance so of trusting others, even if they don't deserve it, like unconditional trust. That is what Sisu, the last dragon, is continuously telling Raya. And Raya is too angered by her own rage and guilt to truly see that until obviously the end because there has to be this character arc and she finally is able to blindly trust what's her name what's her namari Namari. in in the way that the other dragons trusted sisu building off that i think it kind of goes within the theme of trust but like i feel like trust a big part of trust is like seeing the good in everyone and seeing the trying to see the good in everything and that kind of also goes into like the solidarity thing so yeah pretty general like common themes but you know it's a disney movie oh i can't say that because soul was beyond but yeah pretty general themes but you know it's it's whatever anyways moving on to relevance to real life i'll talk about some of the controversy around the film So obviously one of them was the lack of Southeast Asian representation in the cast and the crew, which kind of sucked, but the movie got made and at least the lead actress was Southeast Asian. And a lot of people just had gripes because it was a mishmash of Southeast Asian cultures. It was, but at the same time for me, it was really cool to see, there's definitely pros and cons. It was really cool to see Raya fighting in like the traditional Filipino fighting style, like with Arnie. So I was like, damn, that's really cool. And I like see like how the Filipino community could just be like drawn in by that. But then at the same time, it also adds to the monolith myth that Asian cultures are all like the same. But at the same time, I feel like Avatar never faced this bash- backlash and it was also written but like the whole crew was like white. So it's quite interesting for me to see. I guess it just shows how society has kind of progressed to be more like aware of these things, which is good baby steps for me. You know, we're not going to make a big leap, especially with Disney anytime soon. It's always going to be baby steps. So as long as we keep making progress, it's one step forward. And yeah, that's my take on it. Besides that, there was also this, I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was fun, but like there is this like tension between 
Raya and Namari that a lot of people picked out, like from the LGBTQ plus community. And I honestly thought at the end they were going to kiss instead of hug. Like I really sensed the tension between them. And I was like, am I going crazy or is this a thing? And it was a thing online. Like it was a huge thing online. Like Kelly Marie Tran in an interview was like, yeah, you know, if people see themselves represented in that way, sure, Raya's, you know, whatever. And a lot of people took that as her saying like she was like, you know, not straight or, you know, part of that community. And a lot of people were kind of mad at Disney again for being like, so like people, a lot of people said it was like queer baiting, which if you don't know what that is, it's like kind of hinting that a character is like queer and then not openly saying they are. So a lot of people from the community were like saying, it's another example of Disney queer baiting like they always do because they have yet to kind of have a main character that is openly from that community. So I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was quite interesting and I sensed that tension and I was kind of like, damn. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not alone. So if you watch the movie and you sense that tension too, you're not alone. It was a lot of people ship those two online. It's like, you know, it's like that classic like enemies to lovers trope, you know? <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to rating Jeremy, or do you have anything to say? I don't think the writers wrote it like that. And then once people were reacting like that, then the cast was just like, sure. But like, Disney's not going to do that, at least not anytime soon, just because it would be too controversial and cause them to lose a huge money. Market. Like I could yeah, see exactly. China just banning the film if they did something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So in China, exactly. like people always think domestic box office, but films like this rely on global and you know, conservative countries just won't allow this movie to be screened at all. So as much as we want Disney to have the moral high ground at the end, they are a financial company and they care about profits. So yes, sir. Disney's the money machine. They yeah. own 75% of the market share. Anyways, <laughs> rating, Jeremy. Yeah, moving on to the rating. This film... <laughs> had so many issues i feel like the setup of this film was really good with the world building of kumandra and then it went all the way downhill the second act had a lot of plot but it was just causing the characters to move places but they didn't really move inwardly or like learn anything about themselves it reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of star wars I think it was The Last Jedi. Yeah, like where it's just like they're just doing a bunch of tasks mm -hmm. instead of like So true. I could watch this movie 5 minutes in and like an hour in and nothing has happened character development wise. As for plot holes, what we learn is that the magic of the dragons comes from trust. Without trust, then the magic doesn't work with the stone um, being able to block off the druids because the druids, they are fueled by discord and vengeance towards others. So why when Sisu and the last dragons use the last, last of their powers to make the stone, that it was the humans who didn't trust each other that were saved. And it was the dragons so who true. trusted each other that remained in stone. Like that does, that is antithetical to the theme. Like what, <laughs> what is the, so like, what, what are you saying? If it's the dragons who trusted each other that stay in stone. Um, and then at the end, when all of the dragons come back, 
none of them are speaking. Why is Cecil the only <laughs> one who can speak? Like, it has to be consistent. When she's, like, dressing her, like, brother and sister and stuff like that, she's like, Bob, hi. And then Bob's just, like, smiling. Like, what the? <laughs> like, like why like all of you guys should speak or none of you guys should speak and personally i thought that sisu shouldn't have spoken because so true bestie there were previous films that were able to do that theme really well and then why did amari shoot at sisu other than for plot purposes like we set up at the beginning of the film that namari is obsessed with sisu in a way that even raya might not be but when she finally beats her, she's like just shoots at her like so cringe because that has to happen so that Raya can make that arc on her own. But I feel like they could have written that better. And then the dad was was turned into stone on the bridge in heart. And that final battle is like hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. And then once they're able to trust each other. The spell is broken and everyone in the world turns away from stone. She travels thousands of miles back to her home <laughs> and the dad is the still same on thing. the fridge. Why is the dad still on the fridge except for plot purposes? Are you telling me that he's just been standing there for like days? Like what about food? Like, what? and then he just picks up something randomly on the bridge to try to justify why he's on there. So did he just stare at him for days and then finally decides to pick it up? Like it is so... I was so confused about that too. I was like, did she teleport or something? Like, dang. Throughout this film, basically, we are told what we're supposed to feel rather than through visual storytelling. And I feel like that makes the film mediocre because the best films are able to show you because that's the aspect of film that other mediums aren't able to emulate, which is visual storytelling. But Unfortunately, this film relied too much on auditory storytelling rather than visual, and that led to the detriment of the film. I would give this film a really low score, but I mean, like, <laughs> why am I giving it a seven and a half? It should be lower, but I'll just give it a seven and a half out of 10, probably closer to a seven out of 10. All right. I, I agree with all of that. Once I I was watching it and honestly, I was having a hard time paying, like staying focused because I was like, this is kind of boring. <laughs> I was like, I'm also a person who very heavily relies on, like I'm a person who like really loves character development or like that's like the point of films to me is like, not the point of films to me, but like, I agree with everything Jeremy said. I think this was a condensed watered down and not as good version of Avatar The Last Airbender because while Avatar The Last Airbender I feel like has amazing character arcs and character development throughout for all the characters well obviously it has a bunch of seasons to do so but I feel like Raya really did not like develop at all and none of the other side characters also they're just kind of there like they didn't really do anything to be honest they just kind of added like comedic or comedic value or cuteness like even Cece like she did not develop at all and Raya just stayed the same for the entirety of the film until like the very end. So like that, it was kind of frustrating for me to pay attention. Like I honestly wasn't paying attention for a lot of the film. I kept getting distracted or, or going on my phone because I was just kind of like not intrigued by the plot. Therefore, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen Disney and Pixar films that have done so much better than this. You know, I could name like a million off the top of my head that have had better character development, better plots, better dialogue, just better writing than this, which is sad to say because this was written by Southeast Asian writers. But personally, I just thought it was not up to par with Disney Disney Pixar films as of late, especially with Soul that just came out and like blew me out of the water. It is not hold a candle. But at the same time, like I mentioned before, I can see the reason why I got emotional, I think, is because I just know how much this will mean for kids and girls growing up. Because like I said, Mulan was literally like my everything for years and years because I feel like I literally like got a lot of my character from Mulan <laughs> as just a person. Like I, I, I wanted to be strong and independent and not take shit from guys and, and men because of Mulan, because she was like that. So I feel like people, little young girls, even like young boys, they, they can really see and like brown kids too. brown kids and Southeast Asian kids can really see themselves in this character, like visually, as well as just in general. So I feel like that's just why I got really emotional. I think watching the film like towards or only towards the end, honestly, but just thinking about that, that's what makes me want to, you know, give it a positive score and like pause, like some positive score and some positive feedback. I don't want to be like all it's all negative. I think it's like a huge step for the film community and just Disney and entertainment overall. And I hope it paves the way for more Southeast Asian stories and voices in the media in general. So I would rate seven out of 10. I think for all the reasons I said, yes, seven out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, my voice is like kind of <laughs> yelling earlier, but um, <laughs> I think the soul analogy really highlights the flaws with this film because mm-hmm. in Seoul, you kind of don't know where 22 or Joe are going to go in their journey. And that's why you're at the edge of your seat, especially when um, they switch bodies and go to the real world. It You could kind of guess, but it's still an element of mystery as to where the story will go. So you're emotionally invested into both characters and both of them have amazing character arcs where they're completely different at the end of the movie as they are in the beginning of the movie. Compare that with Raya where the moment that Raya meets Sisu, Sisu literally tells her, this is what you will be one day in terms of like her character arc, just straight up tells her. Sisu's character arc is no character arc it's completely exactly. how she views the world at the beginning is the exact same as how she views the world at the end and then like the drone like what is that like there's not like like soul to them there's not like backstory to them they're just like a catalyst to propel the plot where it's just like like what like like where do they come from like why are they here like what is their motive basically like all the who, what, when, where, why, how is not explored. And I think that's because there are too many voices behind this project because I know there are multiple accredited screenwriters and a huge potential issue with that is that you don't have this unifying vision and you're trying to add all of these characters and ideas and themes that in the end, it seems like it's just a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't fit. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I think Disney really was trying to reach really far and outdo themselves and be like, we're going to make this movie 
that has the first Southeast Asian princess ever. And it's going to be like this all encompassing thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be like an avatar, the last airbender, like revolution, like cultural reset. Yeah. And they did not, <laughs> it was, there's definitely a shortcoming, but it, it wasn't like horrible. You know, it wasn't like, it definitely wasn't like any soul. It was not like any soul. It did not compare it all especially when they came out in the same year like wait did they no Rai came out this year scratch that but when they came out so close to each other it's just like if you if you want to watch something similar lives just literally watch avatar and the last airbender the character development and character arcs in there are amazing like katara is literally raya but her character arc is really amazing it's incredible to watch and then zuko's character arc like there are just so many amazing character arcs and raya is katara but like yeah, Raya does not have anything close to Katara's character arc. So, you know, if you're looking for something with the same vibe and you haven't seen it yet, go watch. <laughs> not me making this a recommendation to watch something else, but I'm yeah, to close I it. I mean, the one thing this film has over Avatar is it has a cool word for, <laughs> for, <laughs> the, for, the, unity. <laughs> for the setting, like Kumandra. That's true. Dang. That's a cool Kumandra word. Kumandra is an Oscar-worthy word. The rest right. of the film, not so much. <laughs> just, the, just the word and the animation. Like Kumandra, though. Like, okay. <laughs> Seven point five out of ten just for that. <laughs> Seven out of ten just for that. Yeah. <laughs> that concludes our podcast on Riot and the Last Dragon. If you have any friends who you think would like the show, share it with them. If you're interested in learning more about our work, please listen to our other podcasts on Promising Young Woman, Soul, Sound of Metal, Minari, and follow our social media account at Iridescence Podcast on Instagram. And tune in in two weeks when we will be discussing Invincible and you will get to experience Ray fangirling over the lead actor, <laughs> Stephen Dean. Goodbye Again. for now and thank you for listening.